Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The attitudes expressed are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised, there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort Of. I'm Jason, and I am Touchy Feel. I'm Billy. I'm a person in long-term recovery. I'm Jenny. I'm also a person in long-term recovery. I'm Caroline. I'm also a person in long-term recovery, and you were not supposed to say that, Jason. Oh, I, I didn't say that was actually. Why, why are we keeping it secret? Anyway, we're talking about the love languages today because this is an interesting topic. So we have all taken our love language quiz, and I believe we have gotten our partners to take their love language quiz, and, and Jenny is going to guide us on a journey of what that all means. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad we could do this. <laughs> I thought you guys were going to say no when I brought it up as a topic. It's just because I was really curious about it. Like I've always heard like people say their love language is like, oh yeah, soft blankets, that's my love language, or uh, playing golf is my love language. And I, like, <laughs> you know, and I didn't, like, I didn't know what this was, and like one of my friends was like, oh, my husband made me a breakfast burrito. That's my love language. So I was like, what is love languages? And then breakfast burritos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, breakfast burrito. And Gosh. then last summer, New York Times had an article. It was love languages is 30 years old. I'm like, well, let me check this out. So I read the article and then I went after the book, but I didn't actually listen to the audio book till Valentine's Day this year because I like to like match up themes <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, did, I did love languages as my valentine's audiobook and i thought it was really interesting so let's talk about it today um and then we're gonna talk about each other's love languages which we don't know we're gonna guess each other's love languages um so listen to the audiobook it's by this dude gary chapman um the purpose of the book is to define the love language between people that supports their need to belong. It's the psychological need for love. So it's not discussing the love of like spaghetti and meatballs or I love soccer. Um, it's that, that, that need to be loved human to human. I guess it could include pets maybe. He didn't cite pets in the book. How would pets have a love language? Would well, they you have know, different because ones or would it always be petting? It's physical touch. <laughs> but, you know, it's like having a... You know, a sentient companion, I guess. What are you Come aboard. <laughs> Singing love boat. We're expecting. <laughs> Sorry. I'm ancient, apparently. <laughs> I, I didn't. I just couldn't hear you. Yeah, I, I know, know love what that boat. Song yeah. Is. <laughs> uh, the plane, the plane. Is that. Oh, that's okay. Fantasy Island. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, my God. Did I mess it up? You did. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, my, my TV brain I have is no just idea what you were talking yeah. about. You are not 80s kids. <laughs> so so my parents were a little older for my generation. So I, I yeah, I know all the old shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there are five love languages, according to Chapman. Just five. Just five. And any variations on that, he would describe as dialects, which we're going to get into in a little bit. But there's there's the original five, and that hasn't changed. Usually, we learn our love language by what our parents did. Either we do the opposite of what our parents did because it didn't work for us, or we do exactly what our parents did. Um, your love language stays with you for your lifetime. It may change, like five-year-old me has different needs than... 48 year old me maybe 48 yet. but um 
maybe or might say the same but your primary love language according to the author doesn't change and it only it changes like with maturity so um so it does change or it doesn't change it changes like specific so say your gift giving like five-year-old jenny would get a different gift than 40-year-old jenny um so mine has changed i think Okay, we're gonna well, yeah, hold we're it. Gonna hold dive, a secret. We'll yeah. what, what qualifications did the author have when he wrote this? I'm just okay. curious. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that God had him write this. Oh, nice. oh Lord! So I honestly didn't know that, but that's fucking great. So my wife and I actually had read this book. God, probably 30 10 years or ago. 15, oh. yeah, not 30, but probably 10 or 15 <laughs> years ago. And it was a marriage. It, the book originally was written as a marriage advice book. He was, a, I think, a pastor at a church. So he had done some marriage counseling from that, then went on to be an actual marriage counselor. He came up with this theory, you know, around these love languages. And then the book was born out of that. So Yeah, he was, I think he was like on a, like, the precipice of decision he could go travel doing missionary work or write this book and he was directed to write this book and he was kind of a marriage counselor but not like a therapist that we know i think it was like a church marriage counselor Yeah, like a lot of churches you would go to your deacon or your pastor for your marriage advice so there is a dark side to this love language theory which we're also going to talk about today and i and i think it revolves around his very conservative christian background (laughs) Um, and it's not to put down any conservative Christian, but it's it's just not very inclusive. We'll put it that way. Well, and can I say for, for our marriage, at least, we got a lot of benefit out of the book. I don't know as much because of the specifics, but in general, one of the concepts was that we all give and receive love in different ways. And that's okay. Like, you know, for example, you know, me giving gifts to my kids, you know, not that that's not a loving gesture, but that might not make them feel like I love them. That just, that might be my way of trying to show them I love them, but they not might not feel it in that way. They may feel it in a little different way. And we tend to get into these, uh, in marriages, you know, like get into these arguments or my wife and I would get into arguments about, well, don't you see that I love you because I'm doing all these things? I'm, you know, taking out the trash and taking care of the house and taking care of the kids and making sure all our needs are met. And and she was like, no, that doesn't make me feel loved. And so then we would be in like this power battle of like, well, I'm showing you I love you in the way that I know to show you that I love you. And she's telling me, well, I don't feel very loved. And so then it's like, well, something's wrong with you. And then it's, no, well, something's wrong with you. You don't feel it, but I'm doing it, so you must be broke. And so we were kind of stuck there. So this idea that, oh, no, you receive love in a different way that I'm trying to give you love gives us a way. Like, I think one of the ways he used to describe it in the book that I like the best was, like, we're talking about the same thing, but, like, she's speaking Chinese and I'm speaking Greek. You know, and and we're just not able to communicate in a way that we're connecting. And so if I can learn a little bit of, you know, Chinese and she can learn a little bit of Greek, then we can both meet sort of in the middle and connect in a loving relationship. That's awesome. That's the that's a perfect explanation. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Well, it was a big help for us. I mean, it really helped Mm -hmm. some things in our. All right. So go out there and practice your love languages and we'll see you next week. (laughs) 
let's talk about them first though so we're going to define the five um uh so there's five the first one we're going to go over real quick words of affirmation mm. so words of affirmation Jenny, are that's a really good one. Oh, thank you i feel really love right now um, so words of affirmation are like encouragement compliments they can be written or spoken um, also includes compliments about your partner that you say to someone else mm. and uh, it can get back to them or not, but just using the words to flatter, praise your partner. And on the other end, words of affirmations can be daggers if they're used negatively, like verbal abuse. So somebody whose love language is words of affirmation, you can really hurt them with your words. Even if you're like, really, that hurts your feelings? Like, I was just name calling you. But if... <laughs> Words of affirmation. I just called you a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> right. What's the problem? But I mean, there. I think people with words of affirmation are much more sensitive to ver. Uh, I want to see if this holds true. But like when you just said that, the thing that came to me was if we use words from a place of love, we are going to be building someone up. And if we use words from a place of fear of a lack of resources because that's generally where anger comes from like oh my god you you might not love me in a week or you might see faults in me and leave me or you might find someone better like when we use that's kind of what we're doing we're insecure so we're knocking somebody down to feel more secure in our relationship because if they feel worse about themselves they'll stay with us i know it's not actively what we're doing in that moment but that's what's happening so it's like okay so if we come from love we're good if we come from fear we're not huh I'm just curious if that holds up for the other languages too, because that would kind yeah, of make this a little easier. Yeah, let's test it out. Save that thought. The next one is quality time. So quality time is uh, two people together giving each other their attention, um, giving each other their attention. You could be doing something, but the point is to be together. So you could be having a walk in the neighborhood, but the point is, is that you're doing it together. You could do a garden together, go to a concert. Uh, have another couple come over. The point is, is you're exploring each other with this activity. So you're like active listening, asking questions to get to know them. Um, if one partner's love language is quality time, the other partner must divulge their inner world. That's part of the deal for quality time to work. Hmm. So that sounds more like connection yeah, than quality. Well, there's a, a, and this is was important for our relationship. There's a subcategory in that quality time of quality conversation mm -hmm. that you know you're connecting. You're making that quality time connection through intimate communication. And so, I would say those are kind of different, right? So, like, what you're describing is maybe that your wife is looking more for the the connection, and the way she finds connection is through more of the conversation, whereas like you described on the last episode, when you go to the gym, you don't necessarily really talk to the people there, but through seeing them every day, it feels like a community, and you just feel connected doing that activity kind of around them peripherally. So like maybe that's the different levels of how we connect and what we need to connect. It's not necessarily that just we have the time together, but like for for your wife, it might be more, we need to be talking for that to be connecting. And for you, it's like, oh, no, we're, I feel safe in this proximity. These are good people. And that's enough for connection. But both are quality time. So I, I almost yeah. feel like that's not one thing. It's two. I would, I would, but then this, he'd have to call the book six love languages. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. not as cool as no, five. So. <laughs> right. Let's, let's write the book for love languages because <laughs> right. I bet we could sell it. Right. Four minute abs. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to so, go to seven love languages. <laughs> Four-minute love languages, goddammit. <laughs> we'll heal from, you. From what I was reading, quality time requires undivided attention. So I don't think what Billy has with his gym crew is quality time. 
I think for him it is. For somebody who needs to and Yeah, I was the... going to say, I would disagree. I would, I would say for me, like, Jen and I going to an event is we don't even have to talk. We're just doing it together is good. Well, and that's what I was thinking because you said this on the last episode. You were talking about, oh, your sister's having a kid's birthday party today. You were thinking of going. You like connecting with your sister. But to me, going back to this fear and love idea, quality time out of fear would be, oh, God, I'm not close enough with my sister. I really wish we were closer. I can't skip this. She'll be mad at me because it's her kid's birthday. Like all these fear responses to why I need to go now. Whereas a loving response would be, hey, you know, this party isn't really right for me, but let's go get lunch next Saturday. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, we don't have to do it right now because you'll still be here and there is enough love for me and I don't have to worry about a lack of resources or scared, be scared of it. Or, oh, yeah. And this is that specific case isn't that as much as it's a yeah. matter of I got nothing else going on and it would show her that I am a support to her grandchildren and her event it's it's like i'm doing it in a lo- i feel like i'm doing it in a loving action it's not out of like an obligation but the relationship is more done as to me as like an act of of service or connection like hey you're important to me your family and your grandkids are important to me so i can show up for this thing and eat some food and hang out for an hour it's really hard to separate that that obligation versus what we're trying to do to establish these positive things in our life i mean it is like because one of the words that came out or the statements that came out of your mouth just now was because i don't have nothing else to do i'm thinking i should so if that's an obligation statement right if i had something to do i wouldn't give a fuck about missing it but because i'm not doing anything now i feel kind of guilty for not going and i'm not saying you do but that statement to me is like a clue in statement of oh because i have nothing to do there's an obligation now you know, oh, you skipped my party to do nothing? Oh, God, yeah. Billy. Jeez, you yeah. really don't care about me. Uh, she wouldn't make that. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I got you. I would classify you guys in the earlier part of that tangent um, was dialects. Like, like they're both quality time, but maybe quality time for you. Like if you and Jen went to the uh, went to like a function, you didn't even talk. You're still getting to know each other. Like I'm being very open minded about the communication part. Like you're getting to know each other because you're seeing your wife bounce off of other people. You're seeing what she's interested in and vice versa. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, What? I was just thinking when I see my wife in social settings, I actually kind of like her less. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like these surfacey conversations she has with people. They're awful. Interesting. I don't know. And then I forget what the other one, like there was another one, but the, both of the things you brought up, I believe, are what the author would classify as dialects of quality time. They're still quality time. They're just. Um, <laughs> My wife and I are the opposite of Billy and his wife. Like, I'm the guy who's like, if we're not having deep conversation, we're not fucking connected. <laughs> and she's like, oh, no, I'm around people. We're, you know, saying hi and yeah. talking about our kids. It's great. And I'm like, I don't, that's not how I feel connection. I just feel really disconnected here. Like, mm-hmm. y'all are all doing something that I don't understand is what it feels like. Um. So something else is you should be speaking these love languages from a loving place. Yeah, definitely not through fear or obligation. You know, you're, you're, and I think you going to the child's birthday party is from a loving place because you're giving the gift of your time. I'm not trying to pick on this. Yeah, but we could just use that example. (laughs) You know what I mean? Example. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't think. And at the moment, I might hang out and stay in the hot tub. I might not even go. I haven't really committed either way yet. We could all stay in the hot tub. I mean, Um, subliminally in my head, I've committed, but. Yeah, but I mean, I'm I believe say that I haven't. Yeah, <laughs> I still believe that you were doing it from a loving place because it's part of your value system. That's what you've talked about. Yeah. And then, um, uh, I got a little sidetracked with examples. Yeah, yeah. What did I, what did I miss? So what's, what's number three? Where are we? <laughs> number, at three. number three. All right. So we did 
Words of affirmation. Quality time. Next is gift giving. Yeah. Gift giving <laughs> is the easiest of the love languages yeah. because it can be expensive, free. It could be the gift of your presence, depending on the recipient. What about the gift of quality time? Because <laughs> now I just took out the gift one. <laughs> well, um, and also gift giving is an expression of love that is actually universal. Like across the whole planet, gift giving is like a universal expression. Can I gift words of affirmation towards somebody? Um, <laughs> yes. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> gift giving. Gift giving. But um, I, I, I did get a little confused about like what's the difference between the gift of presence and quality time, like. The author used an example of a funeral, like, you know, someone you care about lost someone and nobody wants to go to a funeral, but you do it as a gift of your time. Like, I, I'm there for you. You know, even if you're not totally talking to the person who's mourning, they know that in spirit and you're there for them. So that's like, that's a gift of time versus quality time, which would be like, you're over there at their house the moment they call you and say they lost their loved one. Hmm. Um is that under the assumption that's weird because that makes it feel like quality time has to be quality and for both people or it doesn't count yeah i think it is yeah quality sound right well to go back to quality time yes the there's a quality timer and if the other person isn't also quality time you got to get quality time because the the non-quality timer has to divulge their inner world to the quality timer yeah, for a love line really interesting yeah okay. um all right, so gift giving, that was easy. Uh, the fourth one, acts of service, is doing what you think your partner would like to be done. Example, oh, chores, yeah. errands, work, career stuff. Showing up for a grieving person at a funeral, which was supposed to be a gift of time or presence, um, <laughs> would also count as... Okay, it's an overlap. Oh. You know, like, yeah, yeah, depends how you, you know, you... <laughs> that's funny, I did see a meme, I think I... Hold on. Not very clearly defined, I think. No, yeah. and there are definitely overlaps. There's overlap, sure. I did... Hundred percent. I I screenshot this uh this uh something from the internet. It was like my love language is all of them. Give me a gift while you're running errands for me, and then come rub my head for an hour while complimenting me the entire time, and then do it again every day forever. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> my I'll love language it. is That's all of them. Love yeah. Too. <laughs> so acts of service too would be like um the partner who fills their time mowing the lawn, painting, cooking extravagant meals, working on the mm-hmm. car. I'm chainsawing because, wood today. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Um. It's so they can, like, the partner sees that, like, but look, I can afford our expensive house and vacations by doing all this work, you know. Um, The service is done with no fear or guilt. It's not, like, under a threat, like, do this service or else. It's done with a loving heart, the services. Um, And no resentments. You don't do service with a resentment, like, see what I've done for you, you know. It's not, that's not act of service. That's, like, I don't know. I don't know what that is, but it's not a loving it's not a love language. You guys with me so far? No interruptions? Yep. No? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I'm just thinking about this access service and a conversation I was having yesterday about couples, right? In general, like we're, we're kind of all... I think not all, obviously, but a lot of us, a good percentage of us are in this state of somebody in the coupleship. It feels like they are giving their all, they are doing everything, and it's never good enough, and it never meets expectations for the other partner. And then if you actually were to like say, okay, hey, that's really sad, you know, can you just sit on this couch for a minute? And then you walked in the other room and talked to their partner you'll get the exact same fucking story about how they're the one doing everything and the other person doesn't appreciate them. And, and it's fascinating. Right. And so what I was kind of coming to yesterday, I was talking with my wife about this and like what happens is she comes to me and says, Hey, I really need us to adjust. Can you take on this thing? And I have so much pressure from the outside world telling me that I have all these responsibilities that I got to do in the course of a week. Right. And I look at my time and I say, oh, God, I can't give up any of that. That's the stuff I have to do for the world, right? So that leaves two options. I can take away from the people in my life and doing for them, or I can take away from me. And that's the battle we all keep coming to when our partner comes and says, hey, can you make this adjustment? We're like, I'm already taxed to the fucking max. I'm doing 100% the best I can, and now you want more. But the problem is we're not stopping and saying, why is that thing out there, that machine that is society, asking for so much from us? And maybe if I could take away from that, there's plenty of time for me and plenty of time for my family and my people. And that's what I think we keep missing. We keep feeling so pressured by all these demands of our life that we're supposed to be doing to keep up with the next person that we don't realize that's the place we need to fucking take away from so that we can do everything for us and our families. That's okay. I don't know. Just a little mini rant, but it, I feel like it, it on systems. Yeah, on systems it is. But it comes back into this idea of acts of service. Like if you're hearing that and you're like, "Oh, but there's not enough service for my narcissistic partner," maybe we're all just too fucking tied up in what the world's telling us we got to do. Maybe that's the part that's got to go. Some of that revolution. I'm with you. Yeah, I know you ain't crazy. <laughs> well, and just to get sort of take that same concept back to the love languages because that's exactly where my wife and I were it's like I'm doing all these things and you know you don't feel loved and you don't feel appreciated what the fuck and then her saying the same thing like I'm doing all these things and being able to look at it from the all right so what is what is she doing and what am I doing and like in the in our case like she was way more the emotional uh, foundation of the family. She was better at emotionally connecting with the kids. She was better at helping me, you know, with, with sort of thinking about how I'm feeling and if we're doing things we like and if we're being happy. And I was more in the mode of the machine doing person because my love language was acts of service. So I'm mowing the grass and, you know, taking care of the house and making sure the mortgage is paid and making sure all the, you know, bills are done and, you know, we were both doing a part, 
but she wasn't feeling what I was doing and I wasn't feeling what she was doing, you know, but we still loved each other. So yeah, we both were carrying a load, but didn't connect because our love languages were different. It's just crazy when you look at two people in a couple and and, and I see this in a lot of couples and both people think they are the one that is carrying the couple doing all the stuff the other person doesn't appreciate them it's never enough and if you can step back from your own feeling of that in your relationship and realize that both of you feel that way that to me is a good place to start with like well okay then what the fuck is happening here if we both feel exactly like this that doesn't even make any fucking sense unless you step back and start thinking about why Right. So that's just I don't know. I point that out for people to say, hey, maybe your partner isn't the necessarily problem. Maybe it's the way we're living. Well, and you know, doing this love language quiz with my husband, James, um, you know, what else came up was is uh, how we learn, like the intelligences or the mm. learning styles. And uh, it became apparent how we learn differently and just perceive the world differently. This might make another show, another good one, like yes. the learning styles or the intelligences. But just how differently we see the world. We definitely have had eras where he thinks he's carrying the load and I think I'm carrying the load. And he has said things to me. I'm like, that's what I feel about you. Like, you know, <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, it's like painful at the time, but it's very eye opening. Like, wow, we really are these two separate creatures, two different mind processes trying to flow together. And it's just like, it's like apples and oranges for real, you know, like. Well, and for us, that's where the, so where the resentments would come in is I would look at all the stuff that I was doing. She wouldn't feel loved, you know, and instead of me asking, well, what things can I do to make you feel loved? I'm like, well, I can't stop cutting the grass. I can't stop doing these other things. I have to do these things and you just have to feel loved for it. You know what I mean? Like that's where I was kind of stuck at instead of saying, oh, you just want me to come in and sit down with you and turn the TV off and say, hey, how are you doing today? You know, how's your week going? What's going on with you? And I'm like, that was so foreign to me. <laughs> yeah. And and when you're trying to keep up with all that stuff, the world demands the cutting uh -huh. the grass because God, I can't let my grass be over on. What will people think of me? Right. Or God, I got to do this because then what will people... There is no time to add in more. It does not feel like you have extra effort at that point. You're given 100%. You're doing all the things, and it's not enough for your partner. So it's understandable why we flip the fuck out when they're telling us we're not doing enough and why we don't feel like we're lovable because we're not pleasing them. But I, I don't think the partners are the problem. I think, and, and I get it. We can't live in a world where there's no work. But if we didn't have anything to do all week long, you'd probably have plenty of space to love your partner and you wouldn't give a fuck and you wouldn't get stressed out when they ask for more because you have all the time in the world. Well, understanding what they're asking for was the problem for me. It wasn't the effort. It was what what is she actually asking for? Like understanding that she's asking for this, you know, quality conversation, this quality time where we have intimate conversations about feelings. Like that isn't something that I grew up doing. That isn't something that I do a whole lot of now. Even now when we do it, it's still like to me, that doesn't make me feel overly loved and connected with her. It feels sort of awkward and kind of weird. And we do it because it's important to her and I love her. It had more to do with I just didn't understand what the fuck she was talking about. Like, yeah, it was like, I don't that doesn't make me feel loved. So what the fuck? <laughs> but in that amount of time that you have to take to give to that, where do you take that from? 
What did you have to stop doing to have time to do that? I don't feel like every minute of my time is consumed by stuff. So I feel like I have choices of what I do with any minutes of my time. But anyway, that's a whole number. Yeah. Yeah. What's number five? <laughs> All right. Uh, and the last one is physical touch. So, um, you know, babies do better when they're touched. We know that. You know, like uh, touching can love or hate. So like a hug or a slap kind of like the words of affirmation you can express love with touch or you can express anger and hatred with um, touch um how <laughs> uh in this section he had a big um put down on like open marriages or non-married couples because he says it messes with intimacy especially for those whose primary love language is touch giving that away to another is like giving your love taking it from your partner and giving it to another and so yeah not being married that totally is unnatural (laughs) sorry (laughs) rolling my eyes here yeah so this is this is part of that conservative christian not a lot of room for like anything outside of like a man and a woman woman get married so Mm -hmm. that's this is like yeah this is assuming monogamy you know uh god two people in a closed marriage yeah, he's very traditional. He's very traditional roles too. I think in part of the book, he actually—I can't remember if it's the New York Times article or in the book—he like he doesn't like how the women and men stereotypes are changing. Like, I was like, "Are you allowed to admit that?" <laughs> like, well, and, like, and, and in roles, fairness, generals, I mean, the yeah. book was written thirty years ago, yeah, so there was a different by it culture. Today. Of, yeah. Oh, yeah. So would he say that, that a couple <laughs> that's not married shouldn't be expressing love through? physical touch because they're not married you can still express love through physical touch but it better not be sex yeah i don't think (laughs) yeah i think he would he would prefer you save that but you could still hold hands and hug and kiss and you know all duly noted yeah (laughs) but if you're living in sin i think i think he so much assumes that his audience is conservative christian that he doesn't even mention sex before marriage because how dare you why would you you know like gotcha gotcha. he's like his audience is not Outside of oh, God, I totally would assume the other way. Like, yeah. Nobody waits till they're married, anymore. <laughs> like, right? It's not even a thing people do. So, um, how do you determine your love language? Yeah. You take a yeah. quiz. Um, <laughs> that was a, well, that was the last that was one. Easy. That was my punchline. Um, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. <Jenny. laughs> but uh, so, how you love your partner is likely your love language. What your spouse does that hurts you does or not does so what a weird sentence i wrote in my notes what your spouse does or does not do the opposite is your love language that hurts you sorry guys <laughs> hold on what <laughs> yeah, yeah. sorry sorry so what your spouse does or does not do that hurts you the opposite of that is your love language but there's five they don't have opposites well you would have to do a little okay. calculating like if um, your wife is very critical and that hurts your feelings a lot like and, and all these with love languages you, so yeah. all five of these things are expressions of love it's not like one is the only one that you have everyone has them in like varying degrees so everyone feels loved when they get a gift just for some people it's like oh that's nice you thought about me and for other people it's like oh my gosh this is so special i can't believe you took the time to give me this gift (laughs) right but it's like everyone has it all five it or or needs all five just the level to which you feel connected and appreciated and fully loved vary between people yeah 
I'm so glad you read read this too because you're you're doing a really good job explaining it. I get I get kind of caught up. You're doing great. Thank you. Um, uh, what do you most request of your spouse? That's probably a, a clue to your love language. Your partner's complaints about you offers clues to their love language. Um, and also consider of the five love languages, which would you give up? Give up. And then uh, lastly, you could just take the quiz. Um, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> what a would a blowjob be an active service or touch? That's physical touch. <laughs> physical touch, yeah. I don't know. I, I think it depends on where it's coming from, too, That's though. true. It could be how much does she hate giving blowjobs? Yeah. Mm. Did you get it for Christmas? Or it, <laughs> I mean, is it a sex worker? I don't know. Like, is it your partner or is it, you know? Mm. Um, so, what do you guys think of the quiz? We all took it. I don't Bill, remember. Billy already gave us his answer. It was good. I already knew. I mean, I... I didn't do the quiz back, but Jen and I had done work to figure out what our love languages were. In the, in, I think there's a workbook or some questions that they used to have. Again, this was a while back, so yeah, thirty years I ago, I already the knew what. Well, we weren't thirty. I'm not that old, but oh, that's, right, that's right. I forgot you. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I liked the quiz. I thought it was helpful. So I question. So it was interesting because um, you were saying in there that uh, love languages are constant. Like they, the, their yeah. expression of them can change, but the actual language, if you have a love language, that's your love language. So that's what, I, yeah. it makes me question whether there's a bias in the quiz itself then. Because mm -hmm. so when I took the quiz, so I first learned about love languages years ago when I was in couples counseling with, with my husband. Um and I could swear that my love language, which I'm not going to say what they are because we're going to guess, um, were, were two specific things. And when I took this quiz, it actually came out different. One of them I, one of them I was still right on. But then my second love language was different than the one that I thought it would be. And so hearing this, like, stability thing mm -hmm. makes me wonder if – so what I realized, I, I feel like there's, there, there's a relevancy, right? So – I don't know how to talk about this without giving them away, but like we I feel do like you first we're gonna do we're gonna guess yours first. So okay. you can talk about this. Okay. Yeah, unless you have any comment about what you thought about the quiz. Um maybe just riffing off of what Caroline said. I don't remember the actual questions in the quiz itself, but any randomized quiz with multiple choice answers is gonna skew to the fact that none of them are gonna match exactly what I'm thinking about my answer for that. So I'm already like kind of skewing myself to the closest possible right answer. And with what Caroline's saying, what something that's occurring to me, one, I, I definitely think these could change across the lifespan because there's no scientific evidence for this at all. So I, I don't <laughs> doubt that they change. Um, but two, even in my current relationship, when I fill out this quiz, if some of these needs are well met by my wife, they're not going to feel like I need them because they're already being met. So I'm going to skew to whatever my partner actually isn't filling up in me or I'm not finding ways to get filled up and that might be different from relationship to relationship which is going to leave me feeling lacking and like I need these other pieces so I would say honestly it's probably more that we need some version or percentage of all of these at all times and maybe focusing on the ones we're not getting is a good way to say hey you do well in these other areas treating me nicely but in these areas I, I feel like I could use a little different variation yeah, and I don't want to contradict you, Jenny, but I 
because I'm going off 15 year old memory, but my memory was that they change. I think we just talked about this earlier. Yeah. Today. So my memory was that they change and exactly like what Jason was just talking about. Like if I have a partner that's really good at words of affirmation, but is terrible at acts of service, then my love language, you know, like I'll be way more sensitive to the acts of service part, you know, but if they're the other way around, then. You know, it would be the other way. The brain but is so, trained to look for what you don't have. I feel like, so I, I, you gave me the framework by which to speak of this. Like, I felt like back when I was with my husband, my love languages were the two things that he was not meeting. Right. And that's what I pulled forward as my expectation for this quiz. But then when, so I'm in a very new relationship. When I took this quiz, there were a couple of things that had happened, like, within a week of taking this quiz that I really liked. So they were like top of mind for me as like I had just very recently gotten like a really good feeling from this specific expression. And so I feel like when my results now, those are weighted higher than I would have expected. So I think I think there's two sides to the coin. It's like what what have you very recently gotten that kind of like hit off of? And then maybe also like what are you not getting? Where are you not getting your means met? Yeah. And, you know, now that we're talking about it. I did, I've heard something in like spiritual groups or mental health awareness groups, like the relationships you are attracted to are the ones that mirror your trauma in some way. I'm going to look to my therapy friend. Attachment. Yeah. Yeah. Attachment says you will seek out similar relationship dynamics that you had with your primary and most important caregivers. Doesn't matter how much they sucked. It's familiar. That's where we seek comfort and familiarity, not in what's good for us. Thanks for wording that yeah. precisely. But that's exactly what I was thinking of. So, of course, my partner today, you know, the the one I picked 20 years ago is going to be like, you know, what trolled me as a child, you know. Well, and wouldn't it be interesting to have like a completely healthy person here that grew up in like a great household that wasn't like some sort unicorn? of traumatized? Right. <laughs> like, like, I wonder if they would have a different experience than like. I know my upbringing was all fucked up, so I was, you know, had my childhood traumas that I bring into my relationship. So I'm starting from an unhealthy place anyway, and then I pick someone with similar unhealthy childhood. Yeah, water seeks its own level. If you're yeah. a three on the mental health yeah. scale, so are they, just somewhere else. So I wonder how much this changes when you have someone who grew up in, like, a loving household with these supportive parents. There's no way a person like that would come near me. Like. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't uh, think they'd exist. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I do. I, I agree with that. Actually, I think we're all kind of messed up. So um, what are you messed up about, Caroline? Oh. No, just kidding. <laughs> no. Let's get into right. your trauma. Yeah, so we're, we're guessing. So I'm guessing for you. We're, gonna get, we're going in the guessing stage. Oh, Jesus. I got to remember what they are. Okay. You're, you're going you're gonna to know the big one. Wh- okay. I know you. Really? Know okay. One, yeah. So we'll, we'll then let the guys go first. Okay. What do they think you Quality are? time. Um, sure, I'd say quality time. All right, I but chose. What about my second one? I chose uh, two for the top two. Second Acts of one, service. I'll go words of affirmation just to be different. All right, I was saying gifts and quality time for you. So quality time is definitely my biggest one mm-hmm. for sure, one hundred percent. Words of affirmation is what I thought my second was going to be. Hmm. Um, but see, and I what was it? I, this is the thing: is like I so 
And it's so it's not be one even of those like, ones that's the same thing, either acts of service or gift. <laughs> I think. Hold on, hold on. So this is the thing. Is like I don't even you don't remember, even remember? because you didn't get, like tattooed on your wrist. No, what? because I it was it's through me. Acts so of service it was giving. acts of service, yeah, and then the same thing. receiving <laughs> gifts was like a very close third. That's because they're the same thing. <laughs> so, but here's the thing: my new boyfriend, within a week of taking this quiz, bought me cake bought me mini cakes and vacuumed my house <laughs> so i really feel like and those were i thought i was like those are really nice well, i love cake right so um <laughs> kind of icing did it have <laughs> it, so these are actually like these little like moose animal things mm. they were very good and very unexpected but so like i felt like that really because those things had just happened when i was taking the quiz and they had felt good i felt like that really pulled them forward i will also say like the words of affirmation which i, I thought that would be my second because again like so it, my husband was he was not a big talker and i feel like that was definitely mine before because i could never get him to like talk yeah. about how he felt no, that was definitely a him thing that was i mean surely it wasn't for you like you're you're fine uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Those are my words I mean, of affirmation. Oh, Sorry. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in my current relationship, like, that's not a struggle. Mm. So I felt like that got a little bit, like, deprioritized. I don't know. Can I, mean, can I ask this before we move on to any other people's results? Does the percentage proportion mean anything about this? Like, is it, you know, if you have one that's 80 and the rest of them fill up the 20, like, is that like, oh, shit, they've got a really, really important one? Or is, is it generally spread zero. out? Really? My percentage was zero my on zero one of them. I found I, that I mine think was really even across the board, and was so it? was my wife's, which was, hmm. I was like, does that mean anything that we're, I mean, the numbers, I mean, obviously there's one higher than another and all that, yeah. but they're pretty close percentages all around. I was putting some weight in the percentages, like, because okay. um, actually my second and third were pretty close. Mm. So, so, and you know what? <laughs> like, just to give you an example, uh, my percentages, I had 33, 27, 20, 17, and then three. So, okay, oh, maybe the one's not important. And then my wife's <laughs> were 27, 23, 20, 20, and 10. Wow. I'm like, that's not much variation in there. Wow. Listen to mine. Okay. These are super close. 29, 26, 23, 23, and 0. So, yeah, I think... I'm within five points right. of four of them. I have a... My, <laughs> quality, my quality time is 37%. I'm complicated. So, that's... <laughs> takes that's a lot to love me. me. <laughs> or you're easy because any is going to yeah, resonate. Just be nice to me and I'm yeah. happy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Don't call me an asshole and don't tear up my house. <laughs> So, you know, earlier, Jason, you said you think gifts and I'm acts sorry. of service are the gifts same thing. Gifts and acts thing? of service are the same thing? I think so. The more See, I, I think, think quality it, time is difference? more like I think gift giving has kind of a material feel to it, whereas quality time. Well, not quality time, acts of service. Oh, wait. Acts of service is doing something like so actually in someone's house. It's actually receiving gifts. So mm -hmm. it's actually the receiving of a material yeah item. but that doesn't that completely that? ruins this entire thing of love languages because then there's no way to measure that one on the other end <laughs> if it's I don't just think for the goal like, is to measure them on the other well end. if we're measuring to see which one we have or which one we are like i, I can't i can't wait 
being a guy who gives gifts if it's about receiving gifts. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Right, because like, it's about how you... In, because about giving gifts would be an act love. of service. <laughs> but it's about how you receive love, not how you show love. Tip, people typically will show love in the way they like to receive it, okay. but it's not always. It doesn't always have to be that. Yeah, but doesn't it need a comparable other? If not, what's the point? I'm not understanding what you mean yeah, by that. So, okay, if receiving gifts is what we're measuring, how do you give them? What's the other side of that? Who's the person who's showing love by giving gifts? What are they doing? But that's not what the love languages are meant to indicate. It's Kim, about how yeah. you receive yeah. love, not how you give it so, primarily. Yeah. If that's your love language, giving gifts, then you feel most loved by Kim when she gives you a gift. Well, I don't think it can be your love language because it's just acts of service. <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. If there's only four to give, how come there's five receiving? Well, in my understanding, acts <laughs> of service yeah, would be more like... Doing the laundry, taking out the trash, washing the dishes. Okay. Gifts givings like I bring you home a bouquet of flowers. I, you know, give you a jewelry, mm-hmm. you know, ma- like a material gift yeah. versus acts of service is more something that I'm doing. Like yeah, a, it takes more effort than yeah. just like trading money. And like my understanding is my job, I mean, it's great that I know what mine are so that I can communicate that to my partner, but it's more important that I understand what hers are or theirs are so that I can give that to them. You know? Actually, Chapman would argue with you. It's just as important to know your own as it is your partner's. No. I don't want to keep taking us down this argument, but I just <laughs> fundamentally disagree. Like, I don't understand okay. why we're measuring five one direction, but I don't know. There's no gift giving on the other end. It's just an act of service. You're saying it's just exchanging money, but you had to go do acts of service to earn the money to do that. And then you have to go to the store or go on your phone and look it up and go to the store. Like, I see. It's an act of service. So there's only four ways to give these love, (laughs) but there's five ways to receive it. That doesn't even make any fucking sense. Sorry. Do do you get me now? I do. I thought, yeah, now I understand what you're, you're talking about. Right. You know, you're doing that Jason thing where you like think ten steps deeper than has to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. It matters. <laughs> well, it, and it there, does, you, I get you it. You would yeah. hope in your marriage, besides that, there's conversations of like, "Hey, how are you feeling? Are you feeling love lately?" And if my wife says no, it might be like, "Oh, well, I know her. She likes to receive gifts, so maybe on the way home, I'll get her." A card i'll get her some flowers whatever but that's relatively easy as opposed to like mowing the lawn which takes like an actual but hour. it's not <laughs> relatively easy it's relatively yeah. easy if you're assuming that oh i just have the money but you don't just have money you had to go earn it somewhere you've done the work already <laughs> well in his yeah, thing okay. you could pick the flowers off the side money's of the road. just energy yeah. Yeah, so. the, the author thinks it takes energy exactly yeah. it's yeah. work the author says gift giving get me free like yeah. it's it's just the it's gifts a, could be something be you made or something. But then yeah. that feels like acts of service <laughs> because You're it making is making it because there's, there's <laughs> anyway anyway we guessed Caroline's we were close um, yeah okay we're um who are we doing next we doing you Jenny well Billy? we can yep, do me I'm easy I'm I'm a big oh, baby Jesus. you guys know what I am I don't <laughs> people, see people are gonna get offended I don't know this I don't even fucking know mine and I've been doing this for fifteen years Jenny I don't even think this list exists. And I pin you in it right. And there's only four, so we're not guessing five. Right. <laughs> I only got I'm four and a half say to work with. Acts of service is one. I would say and words I, of affirmation. And I think knowing your life and how much you have to do for everyone else, I would guess that people taking things off your plate must mean a lot. Am I right? I'm going acts of service and words of affirmation. 
right? Oh God, I was off. I didn't say. I'm just. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm loving. She's got I'm a good poker feeling. face. I say words of affirmation and acts of service. I'm going to say words of affirmation too as my second. Oh my God. Because you're very emotional. And she's like, going to be the opposite. <laughs> she's going to be the two I'm we didn't name. <laughs> I, I'm shocked. I thought I was so obvious. I am quality time. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm quality time and physical touch. Yeah, we were. I that's how I know. Strong. Yep, that's how I know people love me is if you are. Maybe they're all. Quality. Quality when, time I 20, huh? when I was 20, when I was 20, physical touch was definitely number one. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm almost 50, that's true. I thought we said BJ's were acts of service. <laughs> Sorry, no, no, no. Um, that's so I thought I was so because I I just want to hang out. Like I just like that's my whole thing. Like I like you want to be my friend, then let's hang out. You know, like that's. I wonder if this is useful from a different lens. Over the weekend, and you poo pooed me. Oh, we could, well. I don't think it was the weekend. No, it wasn't that. Yeah. making shit up at this point. Yeah. It's because I was exhausted. And I was like, I would love to hang out with you, but not when I'm exhausted. Yeah. I wonder if these are actually evidence of something else. That's what I'm starting to wonder. Probably. Like, yeah. maybe this is actually describing a good relationship if you do these things for people. Sort of. Sort of. I'm thinking more along the lines of, like, because the statement I had was, you know, uh, what did I say here? Words of affirmation and acts of service seem like the two for people who are would be more maybe insecure and looking for an external version of I'm enough. But the more I think about that, they're all versions of that. And I wonder if it's just the ones that we didn't get. Well, that's what it was saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, because I'm like somebody who suffered from abandonment trauma. You didn't get quality time with and people. And I didn't. Yeah, so quality time is super important. But here's the problem. Attachment says you will walk out into the world and unknowingly pick a person that cannot give you time mm-hmm. and try to train them because if you're enough, they will change for you, right? So you won't go out in the world and say, God, I, I really need quality time with people. Let me find somebody who's good at giving that. You'll actually find somebody that mirrors the people who sucked at giving it to you because that's how you're trying to earn love. And that's fucking terrible place to start a relationship at, which is what we're all doing. Do you want to hear what James's is? Sure. So, um, (laughs) I guess he's words of affirmation. uh, (laughs) No, I I quizzed James and, uh, his, I knew his just doing from doing the audio book. I knew what my husband's was. His is acts of service. And this is where we have had trouble because he'll like he'll work on the house and fix the car and do all this stuff. I'm like, babe, I just want to hang out with you. Insecure, you know? avoidant attachment style. And uh, <laughs> but see, it wasn't that way when we were dating. And the book addressed this. You know how we are when we are dating usually changes after marriage. Like how you're what you do when yeah. you're courting is like giving flowers, mm-hmm. listening to each other for hours on end and stuff. That usually changes after you get married. And then James and I did do. <laughs> like a lot together like that way we would go camping just the two of us and a lot of that stuff and then we got married and now he's trying to build a home and a family and security that's his whole thing and um it i actually discovered that about him before i read this book we you know we had a couple deep heart to hearts i'm like honey i need you to just pay attention to me to feel loved and he's like i do love you this is why i do all this stuff you know and it took me a while to be like oh okay i get it so now we try, we, we make room for that. Um, you know, he'll, he'll like, on the weekends, he'll do all his like daddy stuff, you know, but then he always has like a coffee with me. We always sit down and have like a little date at the table. Um, so yeah.
Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I feel like this goes back to to what we were talking about between episodes when I was saying I feel kind of crazy now. And like Billy walked through that door and let me know that I do sound kind of crazy sometimes, (laughs) right? And and hey, I appreciate that, right? I want to know the the real feedback. But what I think the the statement of where I sound crazy, he was saying, was when I say I just do what feels good for me. That's what everybody's fucking doing. James isn't showing you he loves you. James is showing the world how he shows love, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about our partner. And that's where we're not thinking. We're just doing what feels good to us all day long, every day, claiming it's some kind of selfless life, even though it's really not. We're doing it for us. I'm not, James isn't showing up for Jenny because she needs time together. James is showing up in a way that feels good for him. No, it feels good to go to work and make money and build the house and shit. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're all doing anyway. So maybe if we can accept that, we can game the system to our advantage and be able to do it better. That's that's the goal there. That's what we're all doing. Everybody's well, acting selfish. So <laughs> when I uh, gave James James this quiz, he had he, it was so hard for him. Like he really? was like reading the questions. He's like, I don't, I don't even know what this means. He couldn't do it. Wow. And I think it's because, to be honest, I think he's so out of touch with what he wants because society is telling him to do this yeah. be this fulfill yes. this that's all of and us. so he had trouble answering the questions he's like god if all if money wasn't a problem and all the house was fixed and everything i would love quality time but until then he feels like acts of service are the best he can do and that made me really sad mm, i was yeah. like oh he feels stuck and i'm trying to be supportive i'm like you don't have to do this stuff you don't have to like but he feels like for me and the kids that like, ah, he's well, see, trapped. And Jen yes. and I would be in the same thing. She would be like, I don't give a fuck if the grass is mowed. I'm like, yeah, but I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I can't yeah. I can't be comfortable if the grass is two feet high, you know, and the neighbors see it and I come home every day and it looks like shit. Like, I took the grass so off the him. Struggle I the there was because <laughs> she would say, "Oh, I would rather you just sit in here and talk to me than be out mowing the grass." Or at the time, we had a big property, so it was like two hours it would take to mow the grass. You know, she'd be like, "I don't give a fuck if the grass is two feet high. Just come in and sit down and talk to me." And I'd be like, "I can't." My <laughs> neighbors complained about my grass over the summer because I was traveling a lot. Mm-hmm. So I, your neighbors are assholes. Didn't yeah. mow it for another don't, three don't weeks. Know, like <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now I'm that. Now my perception is different because. <laughs> I'm like, like oh, I don't know if I got time. My grass can a, look fine. If it doesn't, then I don't you care. Don't get a vote. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But I think for me, what was important is like deciding like, hey, and it's funny, the best marriage advice I got was from a pastor of a church, the guy that married us when we sat down. He had Jen and I each write a list of five things. He said, think about, you know, what you want out of your partner, what you want out of your marriage and write down the top five things. Try to write them in order. So she wrote hers and then I wrote mine. And then he said, now switch your lists. And so we switched our list and he said, 
people think when they get into a marriage, there's these top things that you need to do or that each marriage needs these three things to succeed. He said, that's not true. He said, that list that she just gave you, if you can do those five things for the next 30 years, your marriage will be happy and successful. You're marrying a unique and independent individual, not a construct or an idea. You know, marriage isn't just a thing. It's you're entering into a relationship with this person who has their own needs, beliefs, values, and all that stuff, that's the person that you're supposed to be committing to, not some ideal that you have about what your relationship's supposed to look like. So that's where that concept and then learning about these love languages. My problem before that was I didn't know how to put what she was asking for into words. And when we read this book, I'm like, oh, what she's asking for is this like, quality time, quality conversation. When I go back to that list and look, what she wants is for me to like sit down and have a conversation with the TV off and my phone put away of how are you doing? How are you feeling? And just because it doesn't make me feel loved doesn't mean I shouldn't be doing it for her as her partner. Why do you laugh when he talks about quality time? Because this shit is my house. Everything you <laughs> say is my house. And like we're all living the same life in some variation, right? Yeah. I'm just, I'm Jen. I'm Billy's wife in my relationship, right? I'm the guy like, hey, can we just talk, right? Can we just spend time together? Like, that's my thing, right? And and my wife's the insecure, avoidant attachment type, right? She's less in touch with her emotions and less likely to do those kind of things, right? Hers is a little different, but it's it's just fascinating to hear other people tell their stories. And I'm like, hey, we did that. Me, me and Kim just had a conversation yesterday where she feels tied in more than I do to what the world's demanding of her. And like, that stresses her out, but... And I'm, and you know, the conversation was like, "Hey, this isn't me attacking you, right? I, I, I get it. I get the stress you're under, but I'm telling you that that third thing out there is the problem, not me and not your kids, and not what you want, right? It's that third one. That's the one we got to stop doing. And uh, it's just, it's hard. It's hard when people feel locked in. It was hard for me when I felt locked in, right? I get it. It's just tough. But yeah, I laugh because I can parry in. I'm like, oh my god, this is my life too good. Because uh, I thought, yeah, what you were saying was great. Let's guess Billy's next. So wait, acts of service. I need all of them except for gifts. Um, <laughs> what was your gifts? Your, your gifts was zero. Uh, my gifts was zero. That was James's too. He's like, I don't care about that shit. Yeah, Mine I buy was my own shit. <laughs> was I, it? I don't really. I like to buy my, my own gifts? stuff. Well, I mean, Billy's was Mine zero. Mine was seven percent because it gifts. doesn't exist. Mine was three percent. I don't know. I made it up, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I don't think receiving. I just gifts is a thing. validated your gifts yeah. is not a thing. Yeah, it's not <laughs> a thing. It's access service. Um, but you're, you're Billy's. Yeah, yeah, I'm Billy's. saying I'm saying access service. Too. Access service. Um, that was based on today's conversation because I was before this. I was thinking quality time for you because you spend, you make a deliberate amount of time with your kids like you do sports and activities with them nice so that's what that was my guess i feel like that's acts of service when he does it though oh, i thought it was quality time oh, okay i do it on the guise of quality time i think i was thinking acts of service because of the anxiety well, and i, I know thinking, you have to be like go go, yeah, go 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 i was thinking as a parent of sports kids like going to the practices and the games and shit that's not actually time with the kid it's just service sitting there on the sidelines watching really yeah you don't really interact with any of it showing up so maybe so my motivation though because i've thought a lot about that from conversations we've had and my motivation is that i want to show them that they're important and that they matter and what they're interested in i'm interested in too yeah it's just 
oh, you like doing this sports and this thing? I'll come out with you and we'll, it's like a way to kind of share that with them. Um, All these five love languages are versions of connection and ways to connect and ways we feel more connected to others. So, yeah, 100%. I mean, that's what we're seeking through any of them. 100%. Yeah. Really doesn't matter if so, he's if he's calling it quality time right. or he's calling it acts of service. Either way, he's furthering yeah. connection with his kids. Because that is could beautiful. even be the gift giving gift of time. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> they really so, do overlap more than ever. Did you touch yeah. him on the way there? Because <laughs> this might all be one thing. Yeah. Pretty yeah. physical activity. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there is a love languages for kids. We probably won't get too much time to talk about that, but that's the way I've thought about this whole concept with my kids is my kids need all five of these things in their life, you know, and the, the physical touch is a real thing. I mean, not to make it gross or anything, but like even with my daughters, like I have young daughters and it's important that they get hugs, that they get told that they're beautiful, that I tell them that I love them like that validation and that love that I can give in that way gives them healthy ideas about what those things look like. Because if I don't give them to them at home, they will go seek them out from outside people who will give them to them in whatever fucked up way they yes. might want to give it to them. Yeah. And then they learn these really weird behaviors but as a person that didn't get that growing up that was really awkward like it's kind of awkward to like hug my kids especially when the girls get to be 10 11 12 years now they're 20 i still hug my daughter you know what i mean i see her come in give her a hug yeah you know and that kind of stuff because you know the old joke is like i don't want to see her on the pole you know like i <laughs> i want to give her the love she needs at home um but anyway so even though uh Oh, mine. So quality time was my number one. But they're all so close. That was mm -hmm. my guess. Quality yeah. time. I mean, I'm 29, 26, 23, and well, 23. Two. So they're so close. I guess uh, words. words of affirmation oh, was 26. I did it. <laughs> and then physical touch and then acts of service. And what's funny is, like you said, he said the way we give is the way we receive. I feel like mine's not. Like, I... Jen can do all kinds of stuff around the house, and I don't really feel... I'm like, that's your fucking obligation to live in here. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I know that's not right to say that, but that's the way I feel a lot of times. Like, the kids, like, cleaning your room and taking care of your chores and all that stuff. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, that's rent. Like, you owe that shit. That's not an act of service. But yet, I want to show my love as an act of service, and I expect it to be appreciated in that way. So, I've learned that contradiction about myself, hmm. that... You know, the way I give it is not the way that I like to receive you're, it. You're talking about something that I've noticed in my life a lot, which is this idea that I tend to look at the things that I do well in my life, like picking up after myself after I've eaten or after I've looked at the mail or whatever. Like I generally clean up the area I was just in. Like that just comes naturally to me. And I say naturally, but that comes from what I got in my life and like, you know, uh, showing up for work on time generally is an expectation that I can fulfill at this point in time in my life. And it's something I do well and easily. And I look at the people around me and say, why can't y'all just be good at the shit that comes naturally to me? That's what I do constantly. Right. Because I, I don't give myself credit for doing it. I'm like, no, no, I, I gotta be better. I, I'm just looking at the places I struggle to try to be better. I'm never acknowledging like, Oh, Hey, I do a lot of cool stuff in these ways. I'm just like, Oh, that's just what people are supposed to do by nature because that's what I do. Right. And, and I feel like that's the feeling I got from yours. Like you do a lot of acts of service, but you don't necessarily consider them loving or give yourself props for doing it. So it's more like, I'm not going to give anybody else props or notice it either because it's just what the fuck we do. You just show up and do it. God damn it. Like, I don't know. I'm wondering if that ties in at all. 
Well, just from work I've done on like my early childhood stuff, I'm digging into some of this. So it's easy to see like, of course, my top ones are things I didn't get as a kid. You know, we were the kids are seen and not heard and what you think doesn't matter and what you're doing doesn't matter that much. And, you know, that was just the way I was raised. So quality time. And then my mom was super critical and super condescending and nothing was ever good enough. So of course, my top two are quality time and words of affirmation, because that's all the things that I lacked the most as a kid. So they're the things that resonate the most with me now that I'm an adult. Hmm. Yeah. I'm just looking at mine. I feel like mine don't hold up to that completely. No. That idea of like, we are bigger in the ones we didn't get. Mine well, it said you that. could also be modeling. That's yeah, what Jimmy that, was saying was you learn from your parents either explicitly or implicitly. Sorry, gotcha, away gotcha. From my so you're either yeah. hel- you're either unhealthy in the version of you do exactly what they did, or you're unhealthy where you skew to the opposite. Yep. Yeah, great. You're basically your you're parents either the alcoholic you. or the dry drunk, but you're not the healthy version in the middle. <laughs> yeah, but then and that's just it too. Like with my unhealthy upbringing, like I would parent in the same way that I was parented thinking that it was coming from this place of love and thinking that if I love my kids, I need to be hard on them and critical on them and get them to work harder and do better and thinking that was a loving act, you know. It's crazy. Um, All right, let's end up with Jason, who was a little bit of everything. (laughs) Yeah. Quality time. I guess do I, I, are my top two? Yeah, they stand out. Yeah, your top two. Yeah, you kind of revealed quality time earlier. That was not what I guessed. Did I say quality time yeah. You were talking about, yeah, you want to just hang out with Kim and just, hey, let's just talk. Physical touch. Uh, I put physical touch as your first one. That was my initial guess before you revealed what you revealed. I would put that second. I'm going to put words of affirmation. And, and I, I had words of second. Time. Quality time. So physical touch was 33 and quality time was 27. And then I rounded out with acts of service at 20, words of affirmation at 17, and receiving gifts at 3. Uh, not no. I feel like I got not a ton, but I got some physical touch growing up. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like looking back, I can tell that what I'm thinking is biased and skewed. So it's like I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I'm being real, I, I really don't know. I don't know what they were trying to give. I can tell you, frequently as a parent, I have tried to give things and noticed that they are not what's being received right. in that moment at all. So. I don't know what my parents' goals were, but yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, physical touch and quality time. Nice. So where, yeah. where do we go with that? What do we do with that? So I wanted to talk about like the dark side of this, which I think we've just talked about throughout it. And then is it ultimately helpful? Um, some, so after doing the audiobook, I think everything you need from this book can be just kind of explained in an infographic. Like you might not have to like do the whole, read the book. Yeah, I don't, you might not have to read the whole audiobook. I mean, just listen to this podcast, or just listen to this podcast. Yeah, and then, Jason, what does the therapy world not like about this? Did you not talk about that specifically yet? Uh, not exactly. So, I mean, the the, the therapy world, uh, because we deal with an immeasurable, in some ways, uh, enemy or problem, mm-hmm. like what we've had to skew to to be taken seriously is evidence-based practice anything that can be researched and we can look at numbers and have you know surefire proof according to research that this works so that we can be taken more seriously because 
if you walk into a room full of scientists who are measuring like all kind of other stuff in your body that they can have actual numbers for, it's hard to come in and say, but her feelings were hurt and she couldn't do it. Right. Like you need <laughs> evidence based practices, yeah, right? Data and shit practices. to argue and be relevant. Um, so I think that is the main beef with the five love languages is there's, there's no research based statistical evidence that this holds true or is real or, or exists. And I think there has been some attempts at it. So generally what we know is that it's not necessarily completely accurate at least um but one of the great pieces of it is just this idea of in taking this test and thinking about the love languages and how your partners might be not the same as yours you're creating a version of an other and realizing that this person is not me and they have their own needs and demands and wants and like I can't just do what works for me and expect that to work across the board. And, you know, the, the Disney version of, oh, you meet the right person and, and it just fucking works because that's how like that's not real. And I think taking this quiz and delving into this helps people understand that better. Like, oh, my partner is a whole different fucking person that has different needs and, and wants than me. And maybe I need to consider them. So it's more a very great tool in the idea of just considering that there's other people and they like other things than me like it gets me out of myself but but in general as far as like relevancy or accuracy i don't think it holds up anywhere it describes more attachment than anything which is kind of like that tissue box thing right like we can keep pulling the tissues out of love languages or we can say oh this is the underlying thing is just the attachment that's how we're doing it right mm -hmm. people who are insecure avoidant and not in touch with their feelings as well are probably going to do acts of service and not quality time, right? It's not like a, a a stretch to think that, whereas people who are maybe insecure, anxious, like myself, or like, you know, people like that, it's going to be more, hey, I need time with you. I need touch. I need to know, really, that you're here and with me, right? Like, I don't know. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I like, what I like about it, the love languages, is that it, it was a conversation Kickstarter. It started, like, to classify it. Maybe even though, if you don't agree with it, um, at least it's like a starting point, you know? Yeah, it's a framework mm -hmm. for, for saying my partner is not me and they might need something other than what I generally tend to give naturally. And that's a great thing to start thinking about in any relationship. Yeah, so I'd call that helpful. The, the, the only harmful part is, is, like I mentioned before, was the, it just, it's not very inclusive. You know, like, even like Caroline's relationship would be like invalid, you know, in this context. How dare you? Right? Yeah. <laughs> How dare I? Yeah. But there's so there's a lot of versions of this book. It's actually a bestseller in multiple languages. I was shocked to hear that. And um, they have different versions. Like they have love languages for teens, for children, you know, children and parents. They have singles edition. Um, I guess the singles edition would be like How to Love Yourself. Like, you know? So like, I guess that's like or a maybe version look for he would a recommend that, I, I mean, I would think it would be easier if you found a partner that naturally wanted to do your love languages mm -hmm. versus you won't like them. Oh my God! Is there a five love yeah, languages singles a, app? They'll thing. be boring. Yeah, they'll be boring, and, and there you won't, won't be like anything them. happening because yeah. it doesn't feel like we what learned you're that used from to. a different marriage book. Called <laughs> yeah. your so, imago. <laughs> so I've been in in this relationship that I'm in. Quality time is my big one, and it's been a struggle um, to to get that met at the frequency i would like it met which i mean part of that is i don't, I don't work so i have like all the time in the world so i'm like spend all the time in the world with me um which is not super realistic and i recognize but i was i was uh thinking to myself like 
if this relationship didn't work out, I should give someone, I should make them take this test. <laughs> no, <laughs> this, you got to read another this. marriage book called Getting the Love You Need, and it'll explain exactly why you picked someone who or you can't, can like read what Jason's talking called about. Hold Me Close, which is EFT, which is another great framework to... Yeah. I don't. I'm not familiar with EFT. Emotionally what is that? focused therapy. It says that uh, at at the core, all of us are just searching to be loved and accepted and adored by somebody, right? And that's what we're really looking for. And it lays out the attachment dance that happens between people, the push pull between couples, right? I want more of your time, so I'll create a screaming match because now I have your attention because you're engaged when you're angry, whereas you weren't engaged, you were ignoring me before, and like trying to seek it out in these twisted ways. And if we can realize what we're doing, we can slow it down and just say, hey, I really feel like I need more of your attention. Instead of being critical and saying they're doing wrong things and not giving you enough. Like, It's a different way to come about getting what you need. And I think it's spot on. That is what we're all looking for, is to be loved and accepted somewhere. So I don't know. But yeah, they're all good, right? Love languages is fine if you take it and you say, the goal of this is to help me see my partner better but if you take it and use it as a, a method of scorekeeping it's like oh well now we're keeping score on the love languages method right like right. Uh, look i showed up with your love languages three times this week you only showed up <laughs> with mine one right like right. you're nowhere yeah, better works. off yeah. with that right and that's all i will say so um the guy that i'm seeing his love languages is physical touch and words of affirmation which are like super easy for me mm. um i'm very like touchy feely and i'm very communicative um, you are really good at words of affirmation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i am though um but so like he told me the other day like i'm the perfect girlfriend mm. so like i'm like winning in his love languages i just need to get him like spending some some more time with me that's then then all all the problems in the world will be yeah. will be solved <laughs> and we'll fix it for a while <laughs> Well, thanks for doing with this with with uh, with me. Thanks for going there with me because I was super curious about this topic. So I don't know what I'm going to get into next. If, is there anybody who, out there who's an expert on intelligences or I can't even say it right intelligences or learning styles? I think that would make a great guest. Was this wow. an act of service for us to do this episode for you, <laughs> or was it a gift? I actually thought this was quality time because you were time. divulging yourselves yes. to me. Mm. I was excited about that. I really I'm, think I'm I really think your take that it was quality time is probably the best take. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for those words of affirmation. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, I mean, if you're interested in love languages, I, I, you know, I can sit here and tell you all day that they're not scientifically accurate or this, that, and the other, but as a place to start, like Jenny was saying, as a place to evaluate where you're at in your relationship, if you're showing up in a way that's meaningful for your partner and not just throwing things at them that you hope get felt the way you give, uh, yeah, start here. Anybody else got anything? All right. Figure out your love language and then, uh, uh, figure out how that's actually different from the other love languages and then go do it and have a good week. <laughs>